Good morning, this is Christine DiGiacomo, and I've entitled today's morning briefing, Tongues, Have a Take. I like listening to Jim Rome, sports talk show host, who has a devoted fan base, keen insights on sports in general, and a very admirable work ethic. One of the things that amuses me about Romy is his jargon. For instance, the main part of the show is Rome's, or his clones, takes on sports issues and even some news issues. Christian, you should have a take on what is at play here in 1 Corinthians 14. That said, it isn't the easiest material to wade through, but it is my desire to help us understand Paul's important teaching here. I will break it down over three days, but listen, it really does take your thinking about it to come up with your take, what you believe God is saying about the place of tongues and prophecy in today's church. 1 Corinthians 14, 1-12, Paul writes, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like everyone of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may be edified. Now, brothers, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you, unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? Even in the case of lifeless things that make sounds, such as the flute or harp, how will anyone know what tune is being played unless there is a distinction in the notes? Again, if the trumpet does not sound a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will just be speaking into the air. Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in, in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I go, excuse me, if then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, I am a foreigner to the speaker, and he is a foreigner to me. So it is with you, since you are eager to have spiritual gifts, try to excel in gifts that build up the church. Okay, here we go. First, let's remember that this is the third chapter in which Paul has addressed spiritual gifts, the gifts given to each believer indwelled by the Holy Spirit. Chapter 12 gave us a list of the gifts and some description of them and their purpose within the body of Christ. Chapter 13 admonished us that without love, the gifts mean nothing. And now chapter 14 will focus primarily on tongue speaking and prophecy. You will recall with me that the Corinthian worship services were out of control. Chaos ensued. It is that which drove Paul to address these matters in the letter he wrote to them. However, all three chapters are applicable to Christians today. I believe it is vitally important that we get and have a take on them. Paul places a higher premium on prophecy because it builds up the listeners. Prophecy simply defined a supernaturally inspired utterance from God, always consistent with the Bible. We'll look at prophecy a little bit more tomorrow. On the other hand, Paul indicates that speaking in tongues is the individual believer's worship of God 
and does not build up the body unless there's an interpretation within the worship service. Many call speaking in tongues privately using a prayer language as a way of worshiping God that is not limited by the intellect. To simplify the different positions held by Christians today, there seem to be two schools of thought which can then be further qualified. I included web addresses uh, for your consideration, so you may want to go to the website and print this out or at least look under morning briefings for this. So the two schools of thought, number one, tongues are not for today, and number two, all gifts are for today. So let's look, take a look. Those who believe that they are not for today say that the definition of tongues used by charismatics is non-biblical, or since we have the printed word, we no longer have additional revelation. This is also considered the cessationist view. If that confuses you, I get it. Um, but again, you could go um, and check these resources on the website. And number two, those who believe that all gifts are for today also still divide even within that. For example, the Calvary Chapels, led by Chuck Smith, um, kind of have a middle-of-the-road approach. They say that they must be exercised properly or orderly, and in so keeping, they have no messages in tongues in large gatherings, such as church services. And instead, they believe that tongues in the form of prayer languages are for the individual's worship, and they might be exercised with interpretation inside a small cell group setting. Secondly, the Pentecostal position believes that the evidence of being filled with the Spirit is speaking in tongues, and that tongues are for everyone. So you could see there's a, there's a definite discrepancy. They either are for today or they're not for today. And even within that, there's some variation. That's a very simplified overview. Whew. Well, that is a start in understanding why some believe and some don't. Some practice and some don't. Tomorrow we'll look a little bit more at prophecy within this passage. But please, let's remember, in all things, whether you agree or disagree, we practice love. If you'd like to see this in its entirety, you can go to pastorwoman.com, click on Morning Briefings, and again, the title is Tongues. Have a take.